Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the Ask an Introvert podcast. I'm your host and life coach for introverts, Jennifer Ho. Last time, I shared about what my dream life for me as an introvert looks like and how it allows me to shine in my own way, living out a life that only I can. Today, I'd like to share a bit about how I got there so that you can do that for yourself as well. The very first part was that I needed to understand that it's my responsibility to protect my energy. And the second part is trusting that how I show up in the world comes back to me. Now, protecting your energy, trusting how you show up in the world, it all sounds very theoretical, right? So let's break this down into some actionable practices. Before you jump in and just start, though, I do encourage you to evaluate your life so that you can make some informed decisions rather than just applying what other people are doing in their lives, including myself. You shouldn't, uh, I don't like to use shoulds, but you really shouldn't throw spaghetti at the wall and just be randomly influenced by something you see on social media. Even if it's my content, please stop to assess and make sure that it correlates back to your dream life because that's really personal to you. And the more tuned you are to your own reality, your own wants and needs, the better your decisions will be for you. Inside the Take Root one-on-one coaching program, before we even start coaching and making changes, we evaluate your life by doing audits on how you spend your time and your money. These audits usually reveal exactly where in your life that you're choosing lower level struggles over higher level struggles. And both of these struggles, as we've discussed in the past, require you to expend the same amount of energy, but the return on it is different. And you want to choose the higher level struggles because they have higher level returns. Now, back to the audits. Typically, the more a client resists time and money audit exercises, the more they tend to be afraid and ashamed about something. It can be a fear of finding out that their circumstances and situation is worse than they thought. And it can also be that they already have an idea of what's going on, but don't want to put it on paper because paper feels permanent. And you might be feeling that way too. These audits reveal a lot. How you spend your time and money are data points that will show you if your autopilot brain has been playing it safe and small and will provide a baseline to indicate your growth and progress as you start to make changes in your life. These audits are practices that can be done on a regular basis. I use them to recalibrate myself and give myself a reality check. Sometimes I'm worse than I thought, and sometimes I'm better than I thought. The point of the audits is to be real with myself, to get to know the little details of my life, and then use that self-awareness to adjust as needed and ensure that I'm living my dream life. Time and money audits are exactly what they sound like. They're processes where you record how you spend your time and money, analyze the data, then cut out time or money-wasting activities to create more space for the things that are actually important to you. To make these audits work, I suggest the following rules. Rule number one, audit an entire week to get enough data for meaningful insights. Rule number two, withhold judgment and consider yourself a neutral observer throughout the process. 
Rule number three, write it all down. Rule number four, accurate data only. AKA don't cheat yourself. AKA if you ended your workout 10 minutes early, don't put down 60 minutes. This is about tracking how you actually spent your time and money, not how you intended to spend it. And rule number five, in the spirit of rule number two, analyze only at the end. If you're thinking that you'd like to try this and you want the accountability and guidance of a coach along the way, I'd love to invite you to the Take Root one-on-one coaching program. You know where the link is. So with time and money audits, you can do them as two separate audits, whichever feels better to you at the moment. I found that it is You know, it just varies. And over the past several years in my life, whenever I did one, I would inevitably end up doing the other two. So depending on your capacity, you might want to track both, but you really don't have to. Um, So for instance, in December 2023, just a few months ago, I did a money audit. And in February 2024, this month, I did a time audit. And I found two really big observations in each of them. So the first one was part of my money audit. And I realized that my current lifestyle costs way more than what I plan for. So I'm by no means a finance expert, but I do have certain personal finance habits. First off, I'm intentionally checking account for. What that means is that I hide my money from myself. I have automatic direct deposits to a savings account where the rule is that I never touch it in order to prioritize my savings goals, and then the rest goes into my checking, which then I use to pay my living expenses. I also have automatic withdrawals from the savings account that goes into long-term and short-term investment accounts. Essentially, I automated the parts that I don't want to think about and manage on a regular basis. Anyway, I'll spare you the rest of the details on that. So while I have structure in my finances and have a monthly budget, Sometimes things come up in my life where my monthly allotted budget doesn't account for it. And to prevent overdrawing on my checking, I will manually transfer money from the savings where I have the rule that I'm not supposed to touch it. But, you know, I think that that's a rare occurrence. But through my audit, I found that over the course of 2023, the rare times when I made those transfers weren't actually rare. By doing the audit, I was, you know, I got myself in this discerning headspace. And so when I saw that I had made a transfer in December, I asked myself, how many times did I actually do this this year? And it was actually happening on a monthly basis. At first, my brain fed me some thoughts that were not ideal. It was like, Jennifer, you're a reckless spender. And you're really terrible for missing your savings goals. But that's not entirely true either. Since 2019, I haven't changed my monthly budget. It still worked in 2020 and 2021 because naturally I spent those years mostly sequestered at home and therefore spent less money. In 2022, there was a surplus in my checking account from the previous years. And then I also had to consider the fact that in 2022 and 2023, I lived my life a lot differently from 2019, and I never adjusted for the rising costs and inflation. 
So when you do your money audit and you're reviewing your data, some questions you can ask yourself are, one, what can you add to your financial health? And depending on where you are in your financial journey, it might be time to start a budget, to start an emergency fund, or to start investing. I think often when we look at money, we think about what expenses we need to cut. So the first question I like to ask is around gaining financial health instead of losing out on something. It makes me personally more motivated. And then I'll go into questions like, are there any patterns in your spending habits that you've noticed but haven't addressed in your budget? Have there been any significant changes in your life recently that may impact your financial needs and goals? Do you consider inflation and the rising costs when planning your budget and financial goals? I find these questions very helpful and I hope they help you too. Now, when it comes to my time audit, my biggest observation was, well, so I knowingly potato a lot, but once I saw the numbers, even that was too much for me. Anyone want to take a guess on how much I potatoed in one week this last month? So for the purpose of this audit, potato time included all time outside of my intended wind down and sleep schedule. Anytime I spent between 6 a.m. and 9 p.m. horizontally in bed or on the couch was categorized as potato time. So it added up to 17 hours. That's an average of 2.43 hours a day. That's more than one season of a K-drama. And no, I didn't binge an entire K-drama that week. It is really easy to look at that and let my autopilot brain judge myself as lazy, mindless, unproductive. But I have to always regroup and remember that the point of the audits is not to make me feel worse. Yes, the audits are uncomfortable, but the point is to learn from them. And I hope you hold that for yourself as you go through your audits as well. So for me, 17 hours of potato time in one week was a huge indicator of one or a combination of the following things. Perhaps I was about to get my period. Perhaps my sleep has been terrible. Perhaps I have stressors or overwhelming things that... I haven't been mindful about that's got me to the point of dissociating and going numb. I was easily able to rule out my period, but the sleep and stress kind of go hand in hand, and I'll talk a bit more about that. But first, I want to share questions for you to ask yourself when you review your time audit. One, are there patterns or trends in your behavior that you've noticed, particularly during times of calm and joy? This question helps me decide what to do more of. Number two, are there any patterns or trends in your behavior that you've noticed, particularly during times of stress or fatigue? Number three, what strategies can you implement to address potential triggers that make you feel negative, down, lower? Because as you answer question two, question three, helps you get to a place where you're not just swapping out various activities from two and one to add to your life. You're being more intentional about it and thinking about how to prevent situations where you're going to bring more stress and fatigue on yourself because of your reactions to outside triggers. 
I think this question really helps to set you up to honor the decisions that you make so that you can make the changes you want for your dream life. Now back to my observations from my audits. Based on them, what did I actually change in my life? So I definitely had to put in some work, aka choose the higher level struggle in order to recalibrate my time and money management so that I'm living more of my dream life. The first thing I did was update my budget and made adjustments to all the background automations like direct deposits and transfers to investments so that they're accurate and applicable to the lifestyle I live today in 2024, not 2019. And good things came out of that. Like now I'm actually saving more and investing more and I am feeling overall more confident about my financial life. For the time audit though, to ensure that my potato time is true rest, I feel like at first my brain just wanted to fervently schedule things into my calendar and take up those 2.43 hours a day with something productive. Um, but I like potato time and what it's intended for is to be true rest. And the fact that I was doing more of it in my day-to-day -day life, I looked at where I can improve my sleep and manage my stress better first before adding things to my schedule to fill those 2.43 hours a day. When I took a closer look, I realized I didn't need to create new habits, but I needed to reinforce habits that came out of earlier audits, such as meal prepping and regular exercise and movement. Basically, I'm able to live my calm, grounded, relaxed self in my dream life when I choose to eat well, sleep well, move often, and spend mindfully on luxuries that add to my life. It sounds basic, but the details differ for everybody, and you can design your own version of this too. Time and money audits give you data and information specific to you and allow you to review and analyze your life. The key is to be discerning, but non-judgmental. In other words, focus on how you can use the information to be better, not to beat yourself up. We're all human. I fall in and out of my habits too, and these audits help me get back on track. There's no hiding or pretending when there's accurate information right in front of you. Your brain can't make excuses or forget or ignore it, and it's your job to keep reminding it. These time and money audits require commitment, but you will be able to cultivate a sense of control over your life and make informed decisions about how to be your dream self and live your dream life. Like I mentioned in the last episode, to have the dream life for introverts, you have to choose yourself and decide for yourself. What lower level struggles can you give up so that you can make space for the more rewarding, higher level struggles in life? You're meant to shine and deserve to live your dream life. In the Take Root one-on-one -on -one program, we will take stock of the small stuff and the big stuff in life, whether it's at home or at work, so that you can figure out your own style of living. Life is both too short and too long for us to live according to someone else's style, rulebook, or expectations. I know you have goals and dreams that you know you're meant for. But maybe they feel too big or too weird right now. 
And the reason is because you're not being completely you. The part of you that knows you're meant to live your life a little unconventionally or even a lot, that part of you is telling you you're meant for it. But you're not familiar with that part right now. It doesn't feel like you because no one else around you is also living life that way. But it's time to stop diluting or flat out avoiding your own opinions, wants, needs, and dreams. The Take Root one-on-one program is where you become the example that you need. You will become grounded in who you are so that you can grow into the person you actually want to be and live your dream life. If you're looking for someone to hold that space with you, that's what I'm here for. There are many ways to approach your life goals and dreams, and we will figure out your way. Book your discovery call with me to get started. If you have any questions, send me a note on Instagram or LinkedIn. All the links are in the show notes. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Ask an Introvert podcast. And if you're excited about the future of this podcast as much as I am, please take a moment to subscribe, leave a review, or share this episode on your socials. I would appreciate any and all of those so much. Can't wait to talk to you in the next episode.